gentlemen, welcome to College Football Tailgates. Today is Tuesday, January 12th, 2021. I'm your host, Will Chambers. With me, as always, Tyler Walgy. Hey, Will. It's it's one, two, one, two, one, two. No. No? <laughs> you missed it's, a it's one in there. That. It's Producer it's, Smitty. We're back in the studio. We yeah, got Smitty. Yeah. Yeah, Tyler totally lost me <laughs> there. Yeah, I'm yeah. not sure what that was. One, one, two, there you go. two, one. Yes. It's almost one two two one one Lots two. Lots of ones and twos. Are you decoding computers right now, or what are you doing? <laughs> a few zeros in there, we might be. Tyler's turned into a robot. Uh, <laughs> you know what? It's happening. The season is the season is over. Yeah. And uh, we had our national champion, and uh, you know our our season and uh, with the podcast coming to an end here. But we still have today's show. We got next week's show for sure. Um, but look. Congratulations to the Alabama Crimson Tide. I was, I, I was, I thought he was going to say congratulations to Tyler for winning the bet board. Well, you got your uh, your credits last week, sir. I'm okay. taking. We're my, not I'm here ta- to celebrate you <laughs> I'm anymore. Taking my rounds. Right? Uh, look, Alabama. You know the game. Uh, okay, a few thoughts for me on the game. You know, well, first of all, have a lot on your mind. What we should say is uh, the Heisman wasn't announced when we recorded uh, last week. So congratulations to Devonte Smith. Um, for winning the Heisman, he proved everyone. You know, anyone who said, "I, I, I love the receiver," got it. By the way, first time since 19, 1991. And since your boy, uh, I love it. Yeah, exactly. Since Desmond, he's really not my boy. He just went to Michigan. <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of Desmond. Um, but uh, awesome that a wide receiver got it, and he proved, you know, he that he earned it in this national championship game. I mean, he had an insane first half stat, got hurt in the third quarter, and still put up insane numbers. But uh, this game kind of sucked. Am I right? I mean, it, it wasn't that great. Yeah, blowouts <sighs> aren't, aren't too entertaining. Yeah, like it was, it was, it was good for what, a, a quarter? Quarter and a half, yeah. I think. Quarter and a half. It seemed like it was going to be close when Ohio State tied it up at 14. At that point, I was like, oh my gosh, might I actually have like a really good game yeah, I just here? thought it was going to be like a 56-54 game at that point. Yeah, and look, I mean, Alabama's been doing this to everyone all year long, and uh, Ohio State... I think we all knew that for them to beat Alabama, they had to play their perfect game like they did against Clemson. And they lose Trey Sermon on like the very first play. He gets hurt on his first carry. And so that was a shame to see for him um, with you know just the insane run he was having uh, in his last couple games. And Justin Fields definitely wasn't healthy. It didn't seem like Chris Olave was healthy either, right, in my opinion. Right. But uh, Alabama's just so good. And I saw multiple you know college football people talking after this game about uh, how do we grade this Alabama team all time? Are they the best college football team of all time? Are they better than LSU's team last year? Um, oh, God. It's hard to know, but yeah. the stats kind of bear it out. I don't I know. I mean, they're so good. I don't know if so everyone good. else took a step back this year. Like, I go back to the yeah. to the Clemson-Ohio State game because I really believe that Clemson showed up flat. They weren't ready to go. If you play that game 10 times, I think Clemson still wins eight of them. We just have eight? I do. I mean, well, maybe seven or eight. Yeah, because... Oh, man. That's uh, a bold uh, statement. What, what was the line for that game? It was Clemson minus... Uh, I think it ended seven. That's not that bold then because a touchdown favorite should win about... Yeah, but should they get their asses handed to them by like 30 points? Yeah, that's going to happen. <laughs> like you're, you're going to get outliers like in any in anything. And that was an outlier, I think. I really don't believe. Can't the market have an outlier game too, though? 
Well, but if that were the case, the batting it, market. Well, but if are you saying that they were wrong? Like, like it, it should have been I seven. Know. I and, mean, I know that's like a philosophical debate on like who's wrong at that point. Well, but if you think the market's that wrong, then maybe. You I should think, be betting a lot more money every week, you know. <laughs> but but look, if 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 they played again, Clemson and Ohio State, there may be a one two point adjustment. They may be five point favorites now. Like they'd oh still boy. be huge favorites. I promise you, that's how it would work. Just because there was one blowout game and things got out of hand, a couple of turnovers. Like I just believe that if Clemson and, and Ohio State played again, Clemson would win. Interesting. I, I really think that Ohio State had. I think it might be. They even. came in fresh. They had no tape. I mean, I, we should have seen it coming. That Ohio State w- w- is elite. They have these great athletes. They didn't play any games this year. We didn't see them in any tight games. You know, the Indiana game, I guess, was their tightest one of the year. But we didn't right. know anything about this team. And so now that they had a chance to play each other, I, I, I don't think Clemson's that bad. No, I don't either, and I I do think you're right, but I I think. But that I think Clemson uh, Clemson Alabama would have been a great game. I think that game uh, between uh, Ohio State and Clemson probably should have just been closer to like a pick'em, in my opinion. But I mean, look, you're the betting expert. Seven points off. Maybe the market is not seven points off at the last game of the year. I, I just I'm I'm st- sticking by it. <laughs> I mean, I'm you're the by my story. You're the expert. Uh, you know, I'm I'm just the fan, and so. Uh, but look, I mean, Ohio State was that good. They could destroy Clemson and then look like children next to Alabama. And that's yeah. how loaded this Alabama team was. And like, they just didn't have, a, especially the offense, the, the offense has no weakness. Mac Jones was incredible. The offensive line gave him all the time in the world to play. I, uh, I was all the receivers. I was listening to the Dan Patrick show. I don't want to plagiarize anything here and plagiarize uh, it. Take uh, it from him. Paulie's one of the producers on the Dan Patrick show. And he, <laughs> he said today, he goes, Mac Jones runs like a guy named Mac Jones. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, how many? I'm gonna see how many uh, rushing yards he ended up with. I feel like he got he got some he uh, move that well. He got uh, he had a few scampers. He, scampers, he's scampering around. I out think there. that's what a Mac Jones does. Is four scampers. for eleven. Four for eleven with a long of ten. So you know that. Yeah, you're right. Maybe that is so a Mac Jones. <laughs> that is that is a Mac Jones run. But the important part was that he was 36 for 45 with five touchdowns and no yeah. interceptions. Yeah. I mean, look, the dude's a baller. He won. He was the first Alabama quarterback to ever win the Davey O'Brien Award. Really? Ever. Yeah. I thought that was pretty Not interesting. Not even Tua. I mean, no. I guess the year that Tua would have done it was like Joe Burrow's year, right? Yeah. yeah. Or so, Jalen Hurts' year or whatever. The Davey O'Brien Award. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, look, Alabama, this is another discussion that I've seen happening a lot right now. And I, and it goes back to what you said about when we were talking about how good is this team uh, all time? Is it that out this Alabama team is the best all time or that a lot of the competition has kind of stepped down. And I tend to lean more towards, there were a lot of teams, you know, I mean, look at how bad LSU was this year. Look at how bad, you know, a lot of teams that we normally predict to be very good at football. It's just, they had know. rough years. It was a strange year. The COVID year is kind of just like, uh, that throws everything off. I mean, yeah, it definitely does. I, I, it's a lame excuse, but when you see it like across the board, a lot of teams really struggling. Not enough games for a lot of teams. Well, I don't know um, if it's an excuse. It's just the way that we look at Alabama. I don't. It's weird. I don't look at Alabama as one of the best teams of all time. I see Alabama play this year, and it's just like they're really good. They covered in almost all their games, but like, it's just I don't know why I think that. It's just sort of a perception thing for me personally. I just go, that's not. I don't feel like that's one of the best teams of all time. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that Alabama's Alabama, and and kind of a question that I was thinking before the show today is I wanted to ask you guys, does there need to be more parity in college football? Because it basically, to me, you get the four teams chosen in the college football playoff. If Alabama's one of them, Alabama's winning it. 
Yeah, I most mean, likely. Seems like. or, or, or an SEC team. I think I think last night was I want to say either the eleventh or yeah, I think the eleventh national championship by the last fifteen that an SEC team is <laughs> yeah, won. Crazy. For sure. The one how many why, why, been? why do you even watch it? Why do you bet on right, it? How right, many of those right. have been Alabama? You know, and like and so uh, the at SEC least seven is, of them. Right. The SEC's <laughs> been dominant, but it's really been more Alabama being dominant dominant. Not that the SEC hasn't been dominant. They clearly have, but you're right. I mean, that's a great question about parody. Because, you know, I saw a lot of people saying, uh, you know, mostly non-college football fans saying, oh, great, Alabama wins again. Why do people watch this? This sport sucks. And if you're a college football fan, you know it doesn't. But it doesn't improve it that Alabama keeps winning, right? I mean, this was Nick Saban just uh, broke the record or set the record for most so championships, seven championships yeah. for, for Nick Saban, six of them in Alabama, the one at LSU. And, you know, look, I think it does need more parity. It would be awesome if... You know, because at this point, you can pretty much count that if it's not going to be Alabama, there's a good chance it's going to be Clemson or Ohio State, and you could maybe throw in, you know, there was that year that Auburn won it. There was the year, obviously, LSU won it uh, in 2019. But for the most part, you know, you're always going to be able to bet on Alabama. And look, Nick Saban, he's a, he's in his early 70s. He's won seven championships now. At some point, he's going to retire. Yeah, when that what's happens... He, what's he taking? Oh, he, he doesn't look like he's getting that old. Oh well, you know his his diet regimen, man. I mean, this is the fountain of youth. It's that he has every morning for breakfast. He has two uh, little Debbie oatmeal cream pies and mm. a coffee. And apparently, if you do that, not only will you live to uh, you know a long age, but you'll be super successful. I'm convinced he sold his soul to the devil. Have you? He did he's something. such a curmudgeon, dude. I know. Like, he, he is he, an angry. He was smiling after this championship. He was, but though. that's the only time you'll ever see Nick Saban yes. smiles after he wins a national championship. Well, he doesn't have fun winning. He has fun like making his team better. I think like the most fun thing for him is to actually be like he has fun when he's screaming at an assistant when they're up forty points. You know, because that's to him. Like the fun isn't He's the doing uh, his job. what's that like basic bitch girl quote that's like uh you know uh it's not about the you know the basic it's, it's bitch not girl quote it's not Why about the, asking us it's not about the destination it's about the journey that's what it is for sure well I've been to your house that's above your that's above <laughs> your uh your your kitchen let the record your show stove. that that is a lie <laughs> I would never put that above my stove well, do you think that Nick Saban has had his telomeres elongated what. His telomeres elongated. Uh, talk you were to just us. giving shit about giving <laughs> shit to Will about whatever he was talking yeah. about. You talk bring to up us like telomeres here. Yeah. So all I thought was, was of a telemundo. Are we talking <laughs> about Spanish TV? Lord of the Rings? Well, I have been watching a lot of soccer lately. But uh, all right, so it's a, it's a thing that you can get done now. It's like an anti-aging process where you go into doctors and they elongate your telomeres. Yeah, but tell us what telomeres are because no one has any idea what the fuck you're talking about. Okay, let's help see. A, help us out here. Telomeres. I don't know what a telomere is. Telomere is... You can tell me all day what you do with them, but I don't know what the hell you're yeah, talking about. It's a compound structure at the end of a chromosome. So it's like the oh little... Boy. You know how chromosomes look like X's? It's like the end of the chromosome. They elongate your telomeres and now you it can live helps. to be 300 years old. Well, I don't think he's doing that. I mean, look, the stress from him coaching has got to kill him at some point if he doesn't stop, right? Uh, he could keep winning, but at one point, he's going to scream in his special teams coach because they don't, uh, you know, they don't punt the ball right, and he's just going to die on the sideline. <laughs> but uh, well, my, my whole point about him being old and winning championships is that 
Like at some point he is going to retire from coaching. And at that point, maybe then that brings more balance to college football. You, no. you, you don't have, you don't think so? Dabo Sweeney's going to Alabama at that point. I don't know, man. Yeah. He's been there. He's been at Clemson so long. And even if he does, I don't think, I mean, look, Dabo Sweeney's great. He's won multiple championships at Clemson. He's been one of the few teams that can compete with Alabama. He's still not Nick Saban. If he goes to Alabama, they're not going to win six championships in 12 years. Well, I, I don't let, believe that for a second. Listen, right? we're, we're going to have to go through another you know, decades and decades long period before we get another Nick Saban. Yeah, maybe longer. Um, yeah, and 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 I'm pretty sure Saban is cut from the Belichick cloth, right? Uh, well, they did coach together at the Browns. I don't know how long. How I don't long? know if he okay. Okay. is like directly but, but, off but his that, coaching. But, but that's tree. what I, you know, I see. And, and again, I brought up on this podcast before about what do we love about the NFL is the parody. And you know, for yeah. a long time, it's been the Patriots. But you know, they've they've fallen off this past year. And I don't think it's just because of Tom Brady. I think it's you know a systemic thing that's happened. But in college football, it's different. You don't get those systemic things from scouting agents to you know all all, all these right you know uh the the higher ups that are making millions and millions of dollars that don't ever look at a football player they're telling you what to do um i just don't and, and honestly for you know as angry and and as much of a curmudgeon as he looks like i don't see him stopping anytime soon I, why would you leave that situation well if you can keep recruiting he's going to be fine that's what it all comes down to can you get the yeah. guys yeah and he'll always be able to recruit as long as he's there right i mean at this point it doesn't matter who his coaches are you know now that sark uh, who coached a great game, by the way, uh, calling the plays on offense. Now that he's leaving for Texas, they've been throwing out names for the new offensive coordinator. One I saw was Bill O'Brien. I thought he already got hired. Um, oh, I, I don't think it's official yet. Oh, there okay. are reports. Other people were saying Adam Gase. And, oh, my and, God. See, people laugh at that, but like Saban loves broken toys. I mean, look at what Sark no, was I think before. it'd be great. Yeah, for sure. And then he'll end up, you know, if you're a a head coach that's fallen on hard times, Your best, the best thing that can happen to you is to end up a coordinator at Alabama for a couple of years because you're going to crush it, and then you're going to get another head coaching job. It's like going to college football rehab. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly <laughs> it what it is. And, uh, and you got to answer to dad every week. <laughs> Sark maybe went to real rehab too, but right. uh, you know, good for him. He's going to Texas. He already landed a big recruit there. Um, you know, yet to be seen what his coaching staff is, but you're right. Like Nick Saban is the unicorn because other coaches can be great and then have their, their assistants taken from them. And it's, you know, they struggle, they kind of fall off a little bit. It hasn't happened even, I mean, the worst that Alabama has been was like last year where they lost LSU and they lost Auburn. They didn't even make the sec championship game. And, uh, and then they beat the shit out of Michigan in, in a new year six bowl game. Right. And so I just don't see, you know, I want more parity to your question, Ryan. I want, uh, I want it to be more competitive. I want the, uh, it's, it's not even about more competitive. It's, it's what your point is that like, it's, it's kind of boring that every year we know Alabama's probably yeah, going to make the absolutely. playoff. Uh, Clemson's probably going to make the playoff. Ohio State's probably going to make the playoff. And that doesn't just fall on them. You know, the ACC needs to step their game up to compete with Clemson. Well, the Big Ten has to step their game up to, to compete with Ohio State, too. Well, and besides those uh, three teams that you just mentioned, I, I, I bet you could look it up real quick. How many other teams in those three have ever been in the college football playoff? LSU's won. Right, LSU's won. We know that Georgia's made it a couple times. Oregon has made it uh, twice. Auburn's made it, but you're right. There's so not I many. Think, I, think Mich- there you, I think you just Mich- rattled off the list. Michigan right State made one. Washington made one. The and final that, four? Yes, and that might honestly be the list. Um, I, you know, I, I'd have to go back and look. Um, Washington made it in 2016, I think, the first year. Okay. Yeah, they got hammered. But, no, it wasn't the first year. But, second uh, year? Yeah, second year. The first year, Ohio State was the four seed that got So, uh, so let me ask you this on the, on the parity debate. Um, 
is it an expansion of the playoff or is it a kind of like a soccer situation? Tyler, you know uh, professional soccer, especially European soccer more than I do, but don't they have a a system of like, <laughs> relegation, like, promotion yeah. and relegation? Exactly. <laughs> I would love that. But how do you what do you promote Alabama to the NFL? Like how does that work? You well, have no, different no, no, divisions no. or something. Or or, I mean. or you have or you have like a group of 32 that is I mean, obvi- I even, obviously I don't even know compete. why look in, until it doesn't matter and if they open up the playoffs or whatever they do until everyone else starts re- recruiting on the same level as Alabama and Clemson and Ohio State no one has a chance like I don't mean to be so well, bleak no, about no, it but like I, you under, can't, I understand I don't think that. you can manufacture parity into this sport I think it's 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 hopeless right now I think it's so hopeless it's such in this funk of well, all what the about great a players strength go to schedule meter that you know you can't just you know have shadron state week one and then right. just be playing well, all these weak ass teams for three straight weeks and that, then get into that's SEC a good play. point right. because this was the first year that the sec had to play a 10 game conference schedule because right, of covid right. normally I, they're I guess not that required just throws my argument in the so garbage, but well they should but they should do that like that i think that would help things and look tyler's right if you expand the playoff to eight teams it doesn't matter the eight seeds no one's beating alabama right You're delaying the inevitable that it's doesn't just like, change anything but look i think things naturally will you know uh occur at some point you know, it seems impossible, and I could be wrong. Maybe I'll be proven wrong. I do think at some point Nick Saban maybe will – he's either going to retire or he'll, he'll lose his fastball, and he won't be as good anymore. Um, they're always going to be able to recruit, but maybe – you know, look, what we need to hope for is that other teams get better, like LSU did in 2019 where they came out of nowhere. No one before that season was predicting them, predicting them to even be you know beat Alabama, let alone win the national championship. By the way, I went, I went and looked back at the teams we forgot that uh, have made the playoff – Notre Dame made it obviously a couple times. Florida State made it in Oklahoma. Those are the so those are the teams. You know the early ones I rattled off: Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Notre Dame, LSU, Oklahoma, um, Washington, Michigan State, Florida State, uh, Oregon, and Auburn. Those are the only teams that have ever made the playoff. Washington. Bunch so of a couple Pac-12 teams though. You know that's not. Washington happened so long ago that it's people who minute, watched yeah. that happen call it Washington. Washington. How long ago that happened. But look, I mean, I don't think that it's not like uh, <laughs> this isn't a crisis level. College football is still awesome. Yeah, it does suck that uh, that pretty much every year you have a 50-50 shot of Alabama winning the national championship. But at this point, you know, you said, why would uh, Nick Saban retire? Maybe he just wants that seventh championship. You know, obviously, I, I think if he was planning on retiring after that, he probably would have announced it soon. Um, but I don't think he lasts another five years there. I think if he wins, if, if he does four more years at Alabama, he's probably going to win two more national championships. I don't know. Just based off the math. And then at that point, maybe he goes, all right, I've, you know, I've done enough. I'm going to go uh, pull the legs off spiders for the rest of my life or whatever it is that gives him pleasure. I think really it comes down to his telomeres. <laughs> <laughs> the telomeres. Oh, my gosh. But look. Congratulations to Ohio State on a on a good season. I know they had a shortened season. They still deserve to be there. Obviously, I mean, people love to say that Texas A and M, you know, deserves oh, deserve a shot to be in the Final Four. Yeah, and and the Clemson championship and game. Alabama were the two best teams. I stand by it. That's ridiculous. I mean, but do you think Clemson gives Alabama a better shot than? Oh yeah. Than, oh yeah, for oh, sure. Yeah. But that that's just ridiculous. That's not because uh, they played that one game, and, and that's going to be now your entire view of that matchup is what happened in sixty minutes. I mean, it's kind of important. Bad teams <laughs> don't be better teams every weekend. That's my point. Is yeah, but the, usually in the biggest game, the, the better team wins, usually. In the championship game? 
But the but but Ohio State's a great team. Like they, it's not like it's a good team and a horrible team. It's just I think Clemson's a little bit better, and I think they would have given Alabama know. a better shot. See, and when I look at this argument, to to me, it I don't even look at who would give them a better shot. I think Dabo and Ryan Day could have both combined their teams, and they still would have gotten smoked by twenty four. Yeah, Alabama points. seemed like they point. were that much better. I yeah. mean, it, mm-hmm. it, it's just that, that, and that's why I bring up the whole parody argument and blah, 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 blah. You know, I don't need to go on and on about it, but. Beryl D. I mean, look, they, you know, Ohio <laughs> State's defense wasn't as good as it, as it has been in recent years this year, but Alabama, I mean, just looking at some of the stats here, this ridiculous offense, they put up uh, 621 yards of total offense, 157 on the ground, you know, uh, what do we got? 464 through the air. I mean, they, they dominated the time of possession. And they score 52 points in the national championship game. I think that's a new record, actually, in the national championship game. Not even LSU did that last year. There were a whole lot of records getting set last night. It was insane. I mean, uh, like, Devontae Smith, like, holy shit. He only plays, in the first half, he gets 12 catches, 215 yards, and three touchdowns. And he gets hurt, and he still ends up with the most, you know, uh, receiving yards in the game. Like, I'm so glad that they didn't give the Heisman to Mac Jones or whoever. And by the way... The Heisman voting made no sense at all because, uh, you know, uh, Devontae Smith won, but Trevor Lawrence finished second yeah, when, yeah. when Mac Jones ha- hadn't beaten every possible stat. It was so weird. It was. It made no sense the at all. The voters had their minds made up. I think yeah. that's what that is. And, like, uh, if, if you're saying which quarterback is better, that's fine. Like, overall, if you're going, like, length of career, I, I would probably take Trevor Lawrence over Mac Jones. But that's this how, season, there was just the no... Is, yeah. Exactly, yeah. It just made no sense. So, you know, look, Devontae Smith is awesome. I like... Uh, his demeanor to it, you know, he seems like a really smart and hardworking guy. Um, he's going to tear it up in the NFL, and he's so small. It's just so crazy to watch a guy who's who's so stringy and skinny, and he's just, like, better than everyone on the field, including, like, some of the freakiest athletes in college football. Yeah, I saw a post today that uh, I think it was on Twitter, but it was, uh, does Devontae Smith look like the uh, – equivalent of kevin durant coming out of college <laughs> pretty much <laughs> he does. i bet he can still bench 225 unlike kevin durant <laughs> but i don't uh, even think he got 135 up man but you know look rough year this college football season uh we should all just be happy that it happened because when we were all talking about this back in july and august there were a lot of us thought maybe we wouldn't even have a college football season the big 10 the pac-12 you know we didn't get a full season out of them but we got something and if you're a college football fan if you're like us then that's good enough. Uh, the fact that we made it to the playoff and uh, and and things kind of went off without a hitch. Yeah, Ohio State had some players out because of uh, contact tracing and stuff, but the game still happened, and we didn't have to to miss out and have like a write-in championship or anything. And so overall, I think the season is is a success, all things considered. Um, but still, it was just weird, you know, uh, all the players being out, the games being canceled, um, kind of a bummer. And uh, I, for one and ready for, you know, hopefully, who knows what the future brings for the 2021 season, you know, being back to normal somewhat. Yeah, I mean, look, it was a weird year. I'm glad we got it in. Like you said, huge success. That's the only way to look at this year. Giant success. We got through everything. I'm glad, and let's hope that, you know, vaccines get out there and everything like that happens. So starting next year, we hit the ground running. Yeah, and like Tyler said, you know, this season is kind of weird. You kind of just like throw things out as far as like winners. So for Tyler winning the bet board, it really doesn't count <laughs> because of COVID cancellations. If not you know, for COVID, I for sure would have been the champion. That's weird because Ryan was working on a couple of sound drops for the bet board. I think that uh, we got one or two to play here. You lose. Good day, sir.
sure. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. That was just. You <laughs> That's know. a classic movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Man. You are one pathetic loser. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> Look, I always have the COVID excuse. Yeah, last year, 2019, you're the champion. But at this two point... Two-ton. Two-ton champ. I mean, back how, to back. How many times back to back, was baby. I possibly affected from contact back. racing where I couldn't <laughs> bet properly? You know, I mean... Uh, oh, well. No, Tyler gets the victory. Back to back. We got to get a trophy. Yeah, we should we get a get trophy something. or something. Yeah. Well, we are going to do, uh, you know, uh, later on uh, in the show, we're going to do kind of our uh, 2020... Uh, college football tailgate award show. Uh, we got a little poetry corner with Tyler again. We got some poetry. Yes, he's gonna serenade us with I his have a, sweet words. I have a haiku and a limerick. A limerick for today. Last show, and all my you poems. people that grew up in the 1800s, you're gonna love this. <laughs> We've got an aristocrat on <laughs> exactly. our hands. Exactly. Just, just wait. But uh, but before we get there, I think Tyler, you wanted you had a little quiz action, yeah. some trivia. Yes, yes, we got some quiz. It's okay. a five Ac- question actually, quiz. Actually, Tyler, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but yeah. um, j- just just to wrap up my my whole thing on the national, I had a couple other things. Um, and, and mostly for to your point about Alabama and recruiting. So um, every single the recruit that Nick Saban has had at Alabama has won a national championship. Wow. That helps you get a lot. That's insane. And uh, I just wanted to go over quickly, quickly, the 2017 uh, recruiting class for Alabama. Uh, first, Najee Harris. Uh, probably going to be a first-round pick, probably late. Yep. Alex Leatherwood, their tackle, probably going to be a first-round pick. And he's incorporating a lot of uh, leather-working things, leather, wood, leather right? Leather and wood. He's, you can get a lot done with that. He's a carpenter. In the uh, carpentry industry. <laughs> we got Jerry Judy, Tua, Jedrick Wills, um, Yikes. Devontae Smith, and Henry Ruggs, and that's just to name a few. Yikes. Like, that is a disgusting recruiting class. If if I were coaching with that recruiting class, I could have won. Yeah, exactly. I, I, Therefore, we've saying. settled it. Nick Saban's overrated. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah. On to your quiz. It's just the Jimmys and Joes. All right. Uh, you guys can work together for these, okay? Okay. We're doing okay. a quiz. Yeah. Yeah, quiz. And this has to do with all bowl games. This is our bowl game wrap-up quiz. Just for this season? or Just this season. Okay. All okay. five questions come from this year. Okay. All right. We'll start easier. Go to the harder questions. Which bowl game ended in an all-out brawl? Which bowl game? And for a bonus, can you name the two teams? Uh, I can. Or wait. I can name, yes, I can name the bowl. I, and I, I can name the two teams. I'm not sure what the bowl is. It was the Armed Forces Bowl. Correct. That's right. And it's uh, Tulsa and Mississippi State. There we go. One for one. All right, number two. In total, how many bowl games got canceled? Oh, um, I'm going to go, my guess will be. And I'm watching them, by the way, so they're not cheating on their computers. My guess is going to be Four? Four? Yeah, I'm going to say games. like 14. 14. Holy 14 shit. Holy games? shit. Yes. 14 bowl games were canceled. Wow. I didn't think it was that high. It was yeah. a lot. It, it was, was 14. Well, we I didn't get the I mean, I mean, we'll just, we'll just, think, just think about how many conferences didn't play in a bowl. Like, even the Pac 12, like. That's true. They said no Like that Armed Arm Forces Bowl was, I think That's Mississippi right. State was like three well, six. I just figured that they picked, because yeah, there were lots of teams that had bad records and only wouldn't have been bowl eligible, so they just picked from whoever was willing to play, so I didn't think it would be that high. 14. Ryan, Ryan didn't even need closest to the hole. He just got it well, hole in one I was, right I was, there. I However, ask you, for an over under. <laughs> you guessed 15? You guessed 14. 14. You guessed 14 and that was it? Yes, wow. it was 14. I was going to say, okay, nice. All right, question number three. What was the highest scoring bowl game this year? That's combined? Yep, but combined score. 
the highest scoring bowl game this season? Oh man. Um I'm going to go with the uh national championship game cuz I can't think of anyone that went higher. Brian? I'm going to go with Who did Oklahoma play? Oh, Florida? Florida. Oklahoma Florida? Oklahoma, Florida was almost up oh. there. Almost. The highest scoring bowl game was the Myrtle Beach Bowl, App State and North Texas. 84 combined points. App State winning 56 28. Was um, the national championship on the short list there? Because it was like 76 yeah, total national, points. Exactly. <laughs> national championship was on the short list. Colorado, Texas was on the short list. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. right. Okay. Okay. Exactly. No thanks to Colorado. I know. All right. <laughs> OU, Florida was right there, too. Good guess. All right. Uh, question number four. In the Cheez-It Bowl, how many touchdowns did Spencer Sanders have against Miami? And that's a throwing touchdown. So in the Cheez-It Bowl, how many throwing touchdowns did Spencer Sanders have uh, against the Miami Hurricanes? I'm going to go zero. Ryan? Six? Four. <laughs> Four touchdowns. Right in the middle. Right? <laughs> and last here, and this one's tough. Like I said, they get tougher. In the Arizona Bowl, Ball State beat San Jose State to give the Spartans their first loss of the year. Ball State scored 34 points in the game. How many of those 34 points came in the second half? Again, Ball State beat San Jose State, uh, gave San Jose State their first loss of the year. Ball State scored 34 total points in the game. How many of those 34 total points came in the second half? I'll guess 31. 27. Seven. Oh, Only seven. What a trickster. Yeah, yeah that's right? bullshit. Pulled the old, <laughs> pulled the old okey doke on us. <laughs> I said bullshit. I thought it was a good question. No, that right. was good. I like it. All right, there we go. That's the quiz. That's the quiz. Yeah, All right, so the, we are. That's a quiz, young grateful assholes. <laughs> <laughs> no, those were tough. Those were tough. Yeah. And uh, I'm excited for this one. We are moving on. We got our uh, 2020 College Football Tailgate Award Show. The awards. Let's get going. That's right. I so we got a few awards here. We got These are a big deal. We're These sending are a big out deal. the uh, the trophy. The trophies. Yes. yes. Which is a uh, what the trophy is? It's a it's a ball hitch for tailgating. You know, oh. <laughs> you know, you know the thing that you pull behind a. Uh, a, uh, a a truck you use you know the, the little ball hitch. Yes, that's the trophy. I like it. It's gold though. <laughs> a ball hitch. A ball hitch. Um, trailer hitch. Whatever you call it. Truck nuts. Um, <laughs> that's what I was asking. Is it the ball hitch like something you can hitch a trailer to, say. or is it the nuts that hang? I think off Will has now. an itchy ball hitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so we got uh, some custom ones, but we're going to start off first with the coach of the year. This is the 2020 College Football Tailgate Coach of the Year, Tyler. Who you got? My coach of the year is going to be Hugh Freeze, Ooh. Liberty head coach. And the reason I think he had such a good year, I mean, look at the total, the totality of their success. They had one one-point loss at NC State. They had a chance to redeem themselves in the uh, postseason. They beat Coastal Carolina in the Mortgage Cure Bowl. So I think Hugh Freeze, you know, he uh, had a great year. Liberty, you talk about a team that's going to go away once their coach does. He should find a good job. He hasn't already gotten hired, has he? Hugh Freeze? No, he's still there. He should find a good job. If he stays for another year, I think it's just going to bolster uh, what kind of a job he's going to get next. But look, for Hugh, for Hugh Freeze, he disappeared for a lot of us. And I think he had a great season, came back, and uh, Hugh Freeze, my coach of the year. Okay. Uh, my 2020 coach of the year is Jamie Chadwell, the coach at uh, Coastal Carolina 
And the main reason why, look, they ended up with just one loss to Liberty, to your coach of the year. Will's coach um, lost to my head coach. But <laughs> the reason why is because before this year, no one even hardly had heard of Coastal Carolina. They weren't on, on anyone's map. Now you love the Chanticleers. They got the teal turf. They got great colors. I know what a Chanticleer is now, thanks to them. And, uh, and I, now I consider myself at this point kind of like a lifelong fan from from, from moving on. I'm, I think I'm always going to root for Coastal because of this. I love the you jerseys. You got to get some merch. I need some coastal merch. Yeah. If we have any coastal Carolina fans out there that are listening, email us, you know, uh, DM us on Twitter, send me the merch, please. I'm yeah. begging you. <laughs> send Will your cocks. That's um, <laughs> actually just just to uh on the Chanticleers, did you guys ever see Rockadoodle when you guys were kids? Rockadoodle. No. Was that a show or a movie? It's about country singing roosters and i think will you should watch it and give us a movie review on it rockadoodle mm, rockadoodle okay okay i'll make a note for that maybe that can be my movie review for next week to end okay. the season all right rockadoodle rockadoodle all right text me so i don't forget rockadoodle uh, <laughs> that sounds great. great i was trying to because i've seen that movie when i was a kid and we just all this talk about roosters i was like what the hell i think it was made in like 1992 but rockadoodle um anyway you great. took you took my primary one will but i did come up with a backup because i had a feeling since okay. we've become coastal fans this yes year. i'm actually gonna go with luke fickle nice um, you know i i think i think cincinnati i mean a little a little bit of a a spoiler alert here they're gonna get another one of my uh my awards tonight too but i think luke fickle has just done such a great job with with this bearcats team they look good i i i, I mean they, they 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 were you know i think supposed to be in, in the college football play i mean arguably sure um Played a tough uh, game against Georgia at the I, end. A t- tough game against Georgia. And I, I think he just did a really good job. He's done a great job about turning around the program. So I go Luke Fickle. Love it. Love it. Okay. And for Walgy, Fickles Pickles. There's my... Uh, oh, Fickles my Pickles. Fickles Pickles. Love it. That's a good one. Yeah, you could do fried pickles, sliced pickles. Spicy yeah. pickles. Spicy pickles. Oh, I like that. Sweet yeah. pickles. They got relish. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. You could do a lot, a lot there. Of options. Before we move on, um, I know it's always been a debate, the great Matt Campbell debate. And I brought in my, I brought in oh, my. Oh, you want to do this now, do you? Yeah, I brought in my coaching rankings this week. Here, now let's. That, do, now that we're talking about coach of the year. Oh wait, what's let's that? do it just after the awards. Okay, we'll, okay. We'll, we'll come back to that. Tower's got his top thirty coaches because yes. I have some notes on it, and uh, and I don't want it to break up too much of the award. So <laughs> let's save it for after. We'll circle back. Okay, okay. All right. Uh, next up, the non Heisman finalist player of the year. So not including Mac Jones. Uh, Let's see who uh, Devonte Smith, obviously Trevor, Trevor Lawrence. Lawrence and Kyle Trask. Trask yep. uh, Tyler, who you got? Kyle Pitts. Kyle okay. Pitts. Yeah, uh, he's probably one of the best play- overall players coming out right now in the for draft. Sure. He's going to be a highly, highly taken tight end. He's going to be a great tight end in the NFL for the next uh, seven years or so, at least. And Kyle Trask. You know, we mentioned he was at the uh, Heisman Award ceremony. There's a reason. You know, he he used Kyle Pitts very, very effectively this year. I think Kyle Pitts, not talked about tremendously, he's known, but I think he's the best non-Heisman file, uh, finalist of this season. Yeah, I love it. He was awesome, man. Uh, how long, how many years do you think it'll ever happen that a tight end gets the Heisman? Ever, ever, ever? I don't know. Highly uh, he'd, yeah. he'd have to have some insane stats. Yeah, I'm going I just never. don't see it possible. I'm going okay. never. All right, my non-Heisman finalist player of the year is Brees Hall, the running back from Iowa State. Uh, look, this guy's been awesome all if year. Someone had to carry Matt Campbell this year. Yeah, well, look, he led the NCAA in rushing and somehow didn't, if for, for whatever reason, wasn't always included in the discussion amongst the best running backs in college football. 1,572 yards, a uh, ton of touchdowns, you know, 
Tower, you said it, and you were trying to take shots at Matt Campbell, but it's true. He did kind of <laughs> he did kind of carry the offense. Uh, he had some of his biggest games against biggest opponents. You know, he played really well against Oklahoma in both games. Uh, guy put up a lot of stats, and uh, I think he's uh, NFL bound after this year. I'm pretty sure. Maybe he's a sophomore. I'll have to look that up. But that's my uh, player of the year. Uh, my player of the year, I, I was originally, it was hard for me to move on with Kyle Trask, but given the caveat of not a finalist, to me, Kyle Trask was the best college football player in the sport through the middle of the season. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, he went on a tear through for you sure. know, the middle of the, middle of the season, and I think once that Alabama curse hit him in, in the championship game, I, I, th- I think that he didn't he didn't even have a chance. It's a good thing that they couldn't even show up to the ceremony because I think it would have been a waste of a trip for him. But, yeah. um, so I'm going to go Najee Harris. Um, from what I saw in the SEC champ- – I mean, what he did all year, obviously, but – Freak of nature. I mean, just absolute – I mean, so you see some of the hits that he was taking last night against some of those defenders and, and just – didn't even get knocked off the ball, but I'll go Najee Harris, and um, yeah, he, he would have been another kind of outlier as far as running back goes. Love it. Love it. Okay, next up, we're doing the Dumpster Fire slash Shit Show Award. Tyler. Michigan. Michigan. This was How a, dare you? This was a clear answer to me. You know, uh, fair or not, they had had decent expectations to start the year, and Jim Harbaugh, once again, Letting everybody down. Michigan couldn't have any uh, moment, uh, you know, big moments this year. So, yeah, what's going on up north? I have no idea. Michigan is the shit show dumpster fire of the year. I wish I could uh, make an argument there, but <laughs> hey, at least they gave Jim Harbaugh a five year extension, <laughs> right? Am I right, exactly. That was well earned. Rough. Uh, yeah. Okay, my dumpster fire shit show award is Mississippi State, and even though Michigan was in contention, they were on my short list. What really topped it off was the brawl in the Armed Forces Bowl, and Smitty's looking at me because, once again, I stole his award. <laughs> you sure did. <laughs> and I didn't I have a backup for this one. We're thinking alike. Uh, yeah, look, they they had a bad year. after They had like that great win week one against LSU, and then everything went downhill from there. Players uh, transferring, mass exodus, and then you top it off with a brawl where your head coach is taking uh, selfies in the stands with fans. Not good. Not yeah, I, I, I'll just I'll just go to your point as well. Well, I had Mississippi State as well, and it's just it's one of those things that I feel like why Washington State never could get over the hump in the Pac-12 is I don't think Mike Leach. I think he's a great offensive mind. I think he's a good coach, but I don't think he's good about running the ship and um, just you know. They got. I think they got. Didn't they get held to uh, like three points one game? And they got an, shut out. And shut game, out I in think, another yeah. game. I just don't think that um, all the transfers, like you, like you said, I don't think that this program's going in the right direction. And uh, even though it's after one year, you know, I'll be uh, I'll be the first one to jump on board to say that I was wrong if if he turns it around. That so. area offense is gonna look nice next year. They're bringing in recruits. They're getting some guys transferring over who can run it. Watch Tyler. out for Mississippi State. Is, and what's not the common denominator i need to to get a cowbell in here (laughs) this is not the guy you want to uh ride the coattails of tyler uh i love mike leach next up this is the ucf championship claim team 2020 so as you guys uh probably know uh, a few years ago ucf claimed a national championship they did get it by like official 
record standings, but obviously I think Alabama was the champion that year, but they went undefeated. And so this is the team that uh, you get to make an argument for gets to claim their national championship this year. I'm not giving it to anybody. I'm putting it in the closet. Wow. No one deserves it this year. If Cincinnati won a beat in Georgia, they get it. If yeah. Coastal Carolina goes undefeated, they get it. No one went undefeated, so no one gets it. You have to stake your claim. And if you can't beat everyone on your schedule, then you didn't have the right to, to, to own that. The reason UCF, it works for them, they went undefeated. Okay. They can rightly claim we beat everyone we could that year. We won the championship. No one earned it this year. Well, uh, Tyler, I hate to break it to you, but one team <laughs> did go undefeated and did earn it. A little, little off the beaten path, North Dakota State, the Bison. Did they end undefeated? They were 1-0. and They played one game. <laughs> okay. They went 1-0. They beat Central Arkansas 39-28 to in the Fargo Dome. The Fargo like, Dome, man. The attendance, 471 north. people. 471 you know, people in the Fargo Dome saw that game. That's the mo- that's m- most people have ever seen Trey a, Lance, a live game. Uh, Trey Lance had himself a game. Now, look, I get it. They're technically an FCS school, but uh, since UCF wasn't in the Power Five, I don't think it should matter. I- I'm giving the national championship to the North Dakota State Bison. You know, you- I've got a pretty good North Dakota accent, you know. You go up there, you're going to hear something like this, you know. You want a little maple syrup on your pancakes, you know. That sounds a little Canadian. Well, it's right on the border. It's close. It's (laughs) close. Scottish English. It's on the border. Well, I was I was gonna say. I mean, before Tyler made his his um, his claim there with Cincinnati, I get it that they didn't beat Georgia. They did not. However, Bearcats. What's that? Bearcats. The Bearcats. Yeah, Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah. They did. They they didn't. They they didn't beat Georgia. um, But. You know that game ended with Georgia winning by three. They got a Georgia or Georgia got a last second <laughs> safety at <laughs> as time expired to put them up by three. Georgia should have lost that game, but Cincinnati could not squash their throat. I would give it to Cincinnati. My only argument is we have also awarded college football national championships with teams with more than zero <laughs> losses. So, all right, fair enough. Uh, we got. Uh, we got studio dog Layla making an appearance with her squeaky toy. <laughs> Trying to my best to, you to not excite her. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Smitty. Uh, all right. Next up is the most fun team to watch for uh, 2020. Tyler, your most fun team to watch. All right. So the my most fun team to watch. Is that correct, English? My most fun team to watch. My funnest? Funnest? I don't know if funnest is a word. I don't know. I mean, most fun is definitely grammatically correct, but well, maybe. a third of us went to college here, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, my, I went to community college. My, my most funnest team to watch <laughs> this year was Army. I'm going Army. Army played. Uh, uh, so, they were so fun to watch. Okay, so I first of all, I love the triple option. I think all of us here talk about it all the time that we hate that Georgia Tech got rid of it. It's weeding its way out of college football. I love the option. Army had nine players this year with at least 100 yards rushing. They ended up using six quarterbacks on the season, nine and three on the year. Some really fun games against Cincinnati, Air Force, that bowl game against West Virginia. How often does Army show up with this good of a team? So Army was my most uh, mostest, funnest team to watch this season. I did Google it. Uh, funnest, not an official word, okay. not in the dictionary. Most fun. There you go. Uh, probably will make its way in soon, though. <laughs> All right, my most fun team to watch for 2020 was Ole Miss. It was the Rebels. 
And the reason why is because they had no defense and they had an awesome offense. I mean, they almost beat Alabama. Yeah. They took Alabama down to the wire. That team was – the games were always exciting. You never knew who was going to win. You never knew if Ole Miss was going to uh, blow a team out. If you know they could have a 21-point lead and give it right back, they could be down 21 and get right back in it. And so for that reason, I took the Ole Miss Rebels. Yeah, so I had a hard time with this one. Um, you know, I, I didn't get a real deep dive into other uh, any other teams that were really going to be on you know the national scale. Um, so I'm just going to say, you know, we've talked about it before. We just talked about it a few minutes ago, but uh, I'm going to go coastal just because you know we, we we went we became fans this year and yeah. and, and, and yeah. You, I'll give you my B though. My my one B. You can steal my one B if you want. Okay, it's open. It's out there. BYU. BYU was fun to watch yeah, this they were year. Fun. High flying offense. Zach Wilson. You guys didn't like that pick. They're sober fun, you know. Look, yeah, they're, they're fun, yeah. but uh, you, there's fun. not a lot of partying happening in those. Never stands. let a Mormon set your fun level. Unlike <laughs> unlike Coastal Carolina, where you know those fans were getting uh, buck wild in the stands. Right. But uh, you know what? BYU was fun to watch. We don't mean to uh, take all the shots at them. Uh, all right, Tyler. <laughs> The next award, least fun team to watch. This is easy. Colorado State. I mean, what a terrible <laughs> what a terrible football team. Nothing exciting about them. Horrible coaching staff. Very, very boring offense. They won one game this year. If no one out there listening watched a Colorado State football game this year, consider it a blessing. CSU was very, very terrible to watch. Never uh, Tyler never misses an opportunity to take some shots at Colorado State. Yeah. My least fun team to watch was Florida State. We're keeping it in the state schools. Florida State, all that talent, new coaching squad. They did have an upset win against uh, North Carolina, which came out of nowhere, but every other game was just a nightmare because they didn't have a good offensive line. They didn't have a good quarterback. Uh, the defense wasn't very good. And every game, you just left like feeling like uh, you just watched like a silent film for three hours, and it wasn't very fun. So you, I have an analogy, okay? I think that I've found the perfect food, what Florida State represents. It's a food that was sma- smashing through the 80s and 90s, making its way into American culture. And then suddenly the early 2000s, late 2000s, it's gone. No one eats them anymore. What happened to chili dogs? Chili dogs have gone from the American lexicon. They're not around anymore. Florida State is the chili dogs of American cuisine. Oh, uh, I object to that. I had a chili dog this summer. Did you really? Yeah, last summer, and it was delicious. I feel like chili dogs chili used to dogs be a are big way... hit, and they're never talked about anymore. They're way too good to be a bad team, though, you know? Yeah, but I don't hear people rave about chili dogs like they did in the old days, like Florida State. Well, Everyone... see, the, the news came out about all the nitrates and how bad hot dogs are for you, uh... and then it, they realized Florida State, they're just bad for you. They're always going to disappoint. They're going to be bad Is for your health. Is that real about hot dogs? What yeah, about all don't beef? eat hot dogs. What about all beef? Not sure. I think beef's pretty okay. All beef hot dogs. Yeah. That's what I go for these days, but... I go for turkey dogs. Ooh, okay. This turkey is, dogs. What about I, turkey? I'd like to apologize to all the college football <laughs> fans out there as these we're finding out that these guys have, you know, vegan, hey, gluten-free hey, hey, hot dogs. Hey. I eat a pork hot dog. I don't care if it's made out of assholes <laughs> or hooves or whatever. I'll eat it. Pig's lips and assholes. Yeah. Well, that's what you're eating. I'll do it. I don't care. Hot dogs an American... Uh, you guys kind of drowned out my hot take there. The Florida State's the chili dogs of no. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I think it was a little bit of a reach, but we're, we weren't <laughs> we were, were going to say it until now. <laughs> Smitty, your right. uh, least fun team, least fun team to watch, and I'm going to go off the coattails of my uh, brethren here and Tyler. Yep, yep. it's actually Nebraska. Oh. Nebraska sucks, and it's um, you know it's like watching a black and white movie uh, before they had what they used to call talkies, um, silent <laughs> movies, and um, yeah, they're garbage. And uh, I will say this though, we don't like Nebraska. 
right? The N on their helmet stands for knowledge. We all know that. But Luke uh, McCaffrey, he's pretty fun to watch. Colorado you know? kid. Colorado yeah, he should have stayed in the state. I know, I know. He came in a couple of games, though, for him. But uh, that's you guys all are getting I to say way too Nebraska. personal here. Yeah. Uh, all right, next up, the best moment of the 2020 season, Tyler. All right, so I have two. My first best moment was actually starting the season. At one point last year, we didn't even know this 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 year was this season was going to take place. So the best moment to me was actually starting. But if you want to focus in on one time during the season, I think that BYU and Coastal Carolina agreeing to play last minutes. ESPN dubbed it the Mormons, the uh, Mormons versus the Mullets. Yeah, you know, going all the way down. That was a good one. I, I thought that it was it was fun. I love the fact that. And here's what I love. BYU gets their kind of comeuppance here because they refuse to play Washington one or two weeks prior to this. Then yep. they go, oh, we can make it seem like we're, we're you know playing undefeated team when it's really just shitty Coastal Carolina. We'll go down there and beat them. BYU is trying to get away with something. They go lose that game. So to me, that was one of the best moments of the year. And uh, I love how they put that together. That kind of example, that, that, that's, it's great. Uh, it's sort of like is, uh, is an example for what this whole season was. Late game, scheduling it last minute, BYU taking the bus down there, trying to make it in time. That was my moment of the year. BYU Coastal putting it together last minute. Okay, my favorite. I have a feeling I may have stolen another one of Smitty's here. It was the shoe throw. It was when uh, <laughs> in the Florida LSU game, Florida's got it locked up. They seem like they're, uh, you know, they still had playoff hopes at that point. Uh, they get the stop on third down. Uh, the Florida defender tackles the LSU wide receiver, grabs his shoe, and throws it down the field, gets a penalty, leads to what became the game-winning field goal for LSU and a huge upset. And to me, like a, a, a huge, a, a top-five team going down on a big field goal in like an unexpected moment is like the number one thing that just is college football to me. And so that was my favorite moment of the year. Yeah, mine's going to be uh, – that was on my list. Um, and obviously the one that you mentioned before, Tyler, ju- just seeing players out on the field, just seeing – even if there's no stands, there's no live mascots, there's no um, you know tradition, there's no – yep, y- you know n- nothing that you're used to on Saturdays. Just seeing players out on the field was great, uh, especially when we didn't even think anybody was going to play. Yeah. Um, uh, but I'm going to go with a more recent memory. I thought um, in the Clemson-Ohio State playoff game – when Justin Fields took that hit to the ribs, to see him come back, to go out, come back a play later, to throw a touchdown pass, yep. grimacing, he couldn't even get on the bike. I thought he broke his ribs. I th- I'm sure he did. Yep. Uh, and they just kept it secret. I mean, I didn't know if you noticed because his, his jersey was, was riding up a little bit um, last night in the championship game, but you could see a whole nother layer of padding on his ribs. And, and you could tell even last night he was getting tackled and hit. And, and I just thought it showed a lot of heart. I think Justin Fields is going to be a quality NFL quarterback. And that just, just, just showed to go – just went to show you how much grit he had what he wanted to do for his team and how much that game meant to him so so i guess actually you know because the shot he did take was on the ribs but uh what all the reports were saying is that the injury that was actually like causing him pain in the game last night it was like a hip a hip thing so he got hit like on the ribs and the hip at the same time yeah it looked like like in between the 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 top of your your pelvis yeah and and the the last kidney shot yeah yeah almost Yeah, yeah for sure that was a good moment though all right tyler uh Worst moment of 2020 season. Uh, the Pac-12 was the worst moment of 2020. <laughs> Just all of the Pac-12? All of the Pac-12. <laughs> From how they handled COVID, they completely shit all over themselves handling COVID. And then the talent of the Pac-12 in general. They didn't have a good team in the conference this year, it seemed like. I mean, the the only promising teams, Colorado and Oregon, got killed in their bowl games. Yep. The Pac-12 was terrible. 
I, I, I give them absolutely no credit for doing anything this year. They were a mo- they made a mockery of, of of the West Coast in college football. I thought it was a bad look all season long. Nothing good came of the Pac-12 this year. Okay, my uh, worst moment of the 2020 season was when the official news hit that uh, the Michigan-Ohio State game was canceled. Even though I'm a Michigan fan and I knew Ohio State was going to beat them by 50 or 60 or whatever, they are going to destroy them. Uh, that's a game that's been played every year since like 1916 or something like that. Um, and uh, it's a tradition, and I know that Michigan wasn't going to win, but I still wanted to see it. I wanted to see Ohio State destroy my team just so I could feel like I was part of that rivalry again, and uh, that was my worst moment. Total, total bummer. Yeah, my worst moment is um, not necessarily that I couldn't see it coming, but was uh, Todd Herman getting or Tom Herman getting fired at Texas. Oh, I, I, really? I, 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 how, how do you? How do you? I mean, he had success at Texas. I'm sorry, and then and then you get fired after you win by 32 points in a bowl game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it was probably all, all because I th- I personally think, and this is this is all opinion. I think that Texas was all in on Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer. Yeah, and all all these rumors started getting leaked out. All this all this BS is going around around the program. I don't I don't expect Herman to even want to be around at that point. Yeah, and then and then for for me, and I'm sorry, but for me. To go and hire Steve Sarkeesian, yes, he's been a part of the, the most dominant college football team in the last few years, but I don't think it's because of him. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. I mean, look, he... Where, he was, where, where's the difference from Herman to Sarkeesian? He was 1-3 against Oklahoma. He never won the Big 12. I think that's the main thing, is that, is that, is that Texas wants to demand you know a high level of success. You know, Look, I, I think you can make a good, good argument that he improved things greatly there. He had a lot of great recruits. Did he underachieve... Maybe, but the one counter I'll give to that is that it's 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 either you get rid of them and maybe your expectations are too high, or you're Michigan and you're extending a guy who hasn't done anything he was hired to do, and then you're kind of trapped in no man's land. I don't, I don't know. He went seven and six his first year there, then ten and four, and then eight and five, and then this year he went seven and three. I mean, I don't know what more he could have done. He, I guess he had a bit of a down year in 2019, but I agree with Ryan. I don't think Tom Herman got a fair shake at all. Interesting. Okay. I don't think he did. Well. I know that based on my my uh, my Netflix movie pitch earlier this year that Will is not a fan of Tom Herman because Will wanted Tom Herman to play my college football coach who goes back in time and can't uh, remember and can't, still can't win. Yeah, <laughs> back in the seventies. Look, I rooted for him. I want Texas to do well, but uh, you know, I just think that he had a lot of talent and a you know a quarterback. All, you know, especially his last couple of years with with Sam Ellinger and still just couldn't get it done. He was yeah. close. He was well, close. And, and I, I just, you know, he's still getting recruits. It's a university of Texas. Yeah. I mean, are you, are if, if, if the, the final four is your low bar, then every coach in college football should be fired. Yeah. No doubt about that. I mean, what else can, what, what else could he do? It was my point. Maybe it's not the worst, but I obviously had the same ones that you guys had. So yeah, for sure. Whatever. Fair enough. And then we got a couple custom awards. I actually only have one. Tyler, I'm get, how many do you have here? I have two. Two. Uh, all right. I'll, I'll, I'll do mine. It's the Future Star Award. This this award goes out to an individual that I think has a bright future, uh, will have a lot of success, potentially at a big program. And I think Tyler will agree with me here. I'm going Matt Campbell, head coach at Iowa State. <laughs> future star, whether it be <laughs> in the NFL or a big program, that's my Future Star Award. Um. You should call it the pre-stellar award. Because I just looked up <laughs> online. Pre-stellar means that's what the... Uh, a future star is. Exactly. It's like a, a dense collection of, um, of 
you know, dust and particles, which will eventually become a star. So that's your pre-stellar pre-stellar award. Pre-stellar Matt Campbell. Yeah. All right. So I got a couple of awards here. I have my, you guys know this one. I've given this out earlier this year. I had to do it again now. My Drunk Little League Dad Award. Uh, my drunk little league dad award goes to Dan Mullen. Yeah, he exactly. Yeah, he he's a good example of what all the uh, drunk dad at the little league game, who all the other parents were rolling their eyes at. That's Dan Mullen. Uh, Love it. Yeah, and then my fat free cheese it award because fat free cheese it's are disgusting, uh, undervalued. They're not well known. Not a lot of people get them. But Gross. once they understand them and they see them and they taste them, then they become the the best. So this is my player who represents the Fat-Free Cheez-Its because this guy had a great season. No one's talking about him. I don't know how often we talked about him on the podcast, but come next year and the year after, he's going to be like Fat-Free Cheez-Its, everyone's favorite. Everyone across the country is going to like this guy. Uh, Phil uh, Jerkovic, the quarterback for Boston College. Uh. Sophomore, very good sophomore. 17 touchdowns, five picks this year. Uh, 2,600 yards in 10 games, but here's the thing. Boston College... How, how often in the last decade have we talked efficient Boston College offenses? They had one of the most efficient offenses this year. They scored 31 against Notre Dame, 28 against Clemson. We're talking about an offense that will improve going into next season. Into a next season, and keep your eye on Boston College quarterback Phil Lajerkovic, sophomore this year. He's going to be a junior next year. I think he's going to be the fat-free cheese it of college football. A little uh, touch of Matt Ryan, maybe. Oh, yeah. I like that. Yeah. I like that. So yeah. The dude's big. He's like 6'5. Big dude. He's got a nice arm. Same school. Jerkovic. Yeah. What you're saying is he will end up being your favorite and no one else's by the end of next year. <laughs> uh, that's, that's disrespectful. All right. Should we talk some coach rankings? Smitty, do you have any made up awards? I do not. I'm sorry. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. So, we, yeah. Tyler's got his list here. Top 30 head coaches. Uh, we don't have to do. We don't have to really go too deep into no, this. No, look, maybe, I only have a few you can notes. Do, if you want, maybe you can post a picture of this to Twitter. I'll do that. Yeah. So yeah, make just, sure you're following us on Twitter at cfb underscore pod, cfb underscore pod, yeah. uh, and I will post Tyler's top thirty. And look, I only have a few notes here. I don't know. Do you just want to rifle through it? Why don't I just give everyone my top 10? And if okay. you guys have anything outside the top 10, then you can, you know, let me know where you disagree now. And again, Will will post this to Twitter so you can get my whole top 30. Uh, my top 10 goes like this. Number 10, Kyle Whittingham, uh, Utah. Number nine, Herm Edwards, Arizona State. Number eight, Dan Mullen, Florida. Number seven, Ryan Day, Ohio State. Number six, Kirby Smart, Georgia. Number five, Brian Kelly, Notre Dame. Number four, Jimbo Fisher, Texas A&M. Number three, Lincoln Riley, Oklahoma. Number two, Dabo Sweeney, Clemson. And number one, Nick Saban at Alabama. What do you guys think? Uh, look, I don't have any real uh, qualms with that top 10. The only one that I th- – and it's not even like I am disliking the guy. I don't really get Herm Edwards being in this top 10. I mean, look, he's come to Fort- or Arizona State, and he's done well – but I, you know, I look at some of the other guys in this list. I think they could probably do the exact same thing at Arizona State. I know he has an NFL coaching pedigree, and he's surprised people in college. I don't, I don't think most people suspected him to be this well. But just you know, some of the guys that you have ranked below him have. I mean, Mac Brown is 16. He's won a national championship. You know, uh, at Texas, he's already done well at North Carolina. I'd for sure put him ahead of Herm Edwards. Um, you know, you've got Matt Campbell 24. I don't know that I would have Matt Campbell in the top 10, but I might put him above her Matt Edwards. I don't and, know. And that was a big, big part of this list because I remember telling you guys a few days ago or a few shows ago, 
that I could find around 25 coaches better than Matt Campbell, and I, I, I wasn't being hyperbolic. I mean, I have well, him. You found 23. I found 23, exactly. It <laughs> so was right around 25. hyperbolic. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. But no, this is, yeah, it kind of gives an idea of where I have him ranked here. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, uh, the only other notes I have here, Kirk Ferentz, 13. Look, I think he's a good coach. I, I figured just, you were going to pick that one off. I mean, look, if you're, my, here's my, the argument for Kirk Ferentz is like, he's won at a school where it's not easy to win. It's not easy to recruit at Iowa and uh, he's he has been very successful I think he won the Big Ten once uh, in the last few years but to do what um, you've done at Iowa and the where they are in the country with recruiting and the longevity yeah I mean look at every year he keeps right. doing it and so but my argument against that is that if Kirk Ferentz is Here 13 I knew it was then, coming then Matt Campbell's got to <laughs> be higher because no. it's just as hard to recruit at Iowa State <laughs> no. probably harder even than at Iowa I want to see yeah do he it doesn't longer. have the longevity he but he's, done, he's been very successful he's been a model of success there and my only other one here you got lane kiffin 23 um you know look i like lane kiffin and i think he's a good recruiter but matt campbell has already had more success than lane kiffin has anywhere and lane kiffin's had more opportunities in the nfl at big college programs he's never been that successful i'd put probably every guy on the list behind him above above lane kiffin that's not to take a shot at lane kiffin i just think these other guys have had more success Uh, matt campbell i don't know i think he's on on this, well, if if you want my input on the Matt yeah. Campbell, yeah, since, yeah, since yeah, I was sure. gone last week, but um, you know, I think I think Matt Campbell has done an above average job for what he's been handed, especially at Iowa State. Will last week you brought up about where he got that program and where he's brought him to to this day, right? And I think it's a very valid point. However, Tyler, I, I, I I'm kind of wishy washy with it because you also think that. Um, many guys not only could do the same in that position, but um, if Matt Campbell was in a higher-up position in, say, a big-time SEC school, Big Ten school, whatever it might be, um, we'd kind of see him kind of come back to earth. So I, I kind of see where both of you guys are, are, are coming from. I honestly think um, – 24 where you have him might be a little too low for me um you know i'd put him above pj fleck maybe even ed orgeron even though he has a national championship yeah but i think ed o isn't a necessarily an x's and o's coach i think ed o has guys that does the football thing for him and he's the football guy and he gets that he's team to play but, for him. but by the way we're talking about mike campbell right the way ryan's talking about him it's just like oh uh, you know tyler you've said all these other people can do what he did and he's brought them from the depths up to it's like his record the the first year he got hired is three and nine then he's eight and five then eight and five then seven and six then you have this year it's like what do you mean this great run that he's been on? He's and he's an above average head coach. Well, we, we you, I mean, go look at him and and Herman that we just talked about. It sounded like a pretty similar run at minus the well, three pl- and nine. Yeah, look, I think the main point on Matt Campbell is that Iowa State's a place that has always been like a doormat for college football for right. the Big Twelve. Right. No one has done there and and succeeded. No one before him has gone there and really succeeded. He's the first to do it. And look. You know, I think we could debate all day about where he belongs, but I think the main point is, you know, and I made it last week, is that the reason why people bring him up in these conversations is only because he's one of the few guys on these lists that that seems gettable as far as like coaching hire. Sure. You know, if uh, you know, if a, a big program their coach moves on or they fire him or whatever, he's always on the short list because. I mean, 20 of the guys in this list are not even gettable for a team like Texas or whatever, a team like 
uh, Michigan if they fire their head coach. Most of these guys, you can't, you can't even phone call right. them because you know they're not leaving for it. And so that's why he's always brought up in that discussion, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. But so, overall, I think the list is good. Yeah, I, I do too. The only other uh, things that I can say, agree with you, Will. Herm Edwards, uh, I think he's a great coach. Should like to see it for a little bit longer. Um, and then for whatever reason, I may be the odd man out on this. Brian Kelly, I've never been sold on, and I think that um, he's one that uh, I, I think he's one that's kind of on a hot seat. If he doesn't start winning some big, big games, I think he could be gone. I mean, I mean, again, it's Notre Dame. What are they looking for? National championships, and you know, you brought up last week there, Owen. What was the stat? Owen, Owen seven, seven and BCS and New York City Bulls. We all remember Notre Dame with the Lou Holtz days, like this well, being sure, this great program. Sure. And they so does Notre Dame. Great of a program. And yeah, so but, does Notre Dame. But they are by far the toughest place in the country, maybe besides Stanford to recruit to. They have unbelievable academic restrictions for recruiting. They can't That's get true. the same yeah. guys anyone else can yeah, get. You're right. And for Brian Kelly to keep doing that, I mean. For him to do what he did this year in the ACC in the first year in, his, in an actual conference, go to the championship, lose to Clemson, beat Clemson once during the season, I think Brian Kelly doesn't get enough credit for what he's doing. It, 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 it. It's almost like coaching with a hand tied behind your back when you have those kind of restrictions for sure. the guys you can get. I guess maybe I misrepresented my point is I'm not saying he's a bad coach. I think that just like at Michigan, I think the message is getting a little stale. Yeah, yeah, could be. I, I mean, you know, he keeps getting the playoff with you know going undefeated, and then you're but right, I and then they get their asses kicked whenever they get to a big well, game. Will but. will post that on Twitter. Yeah, I yeah, will. There you go. Uh, last up before the end of the show, we got Tyler. It's a replay of the poetry corner. Oh, poetry corner. Love little poetry. Oh boy. Oh, all right. We're gonna have to put out a. Uh, an AP or a, uh, a message about this one so that everyone can get in on this. I thought he was going to say we have to put out a soundtrack, like a CD, and it's a single. All right, so this is my haiku. I have a haiku and a limerick. All right, here's my haiku. The great Matt Campbell recruits and builds for next year. Please, double digits. And of course, the double oh, digits whoa. is in reference to he's never had a double digit winning season in his career. So they, that's they, a little reference. Did he just get one this year? No, nine and three. Oh, okay. Well, it yeah. was a shortened season. Yeah, never though. He's never done it. All right. Uh, my limerick. Here's my limerick. Ryan, do we have time on this? All right. All right. Limerick, here we go. The season of COVID is through, but somehow we already knew Nick Saban earns his pension. Harbaugh gets an extension, even though no one's yelling, go blue. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's very, yeah. That one's very snap-worthy. I like yeah, it. I You're like so. a modern-day Eminem. <laughs> uh, very good. Uh, well, that's going to do it for this show. So next week, next week's going to be our last show of the season. We are going to do uh, some recruiting. We're going to look ahead to 2021. It's been an awesome year. And uh, you can follow us on Twitter at CFB underscore pod. Tyler, your Twitter? At Tyler Walgy. Smitty, your Twitter? At Woo's Producer. And I'm at Will Chambers CFB. We'll see you guys next week.